Hey, it's Lynn Galadner, and this is the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm founder of the Your People Marketing and PR Agency, and I lead the Make Meaning Movement, a platform that helps purpose-driven visionaries and leaders do business with meaning. On this podcast, you'll hear stories of how people dare to take chances to live the life they want with meaningful work and purposeful days. There are many ways to fill your life with meaning. Join us at makemeaning.org to learn more. Now, on to the show. Sabrina Colosimo is a creative entrepreneur in Toronto, working mostly in the interior design industry as well as some web design. She owns Sunday Creative, an e-commerce brand of handmade homewares sourced in Bali, and she also focuses on custom and upcycled vintage furniture. Sabrina studied philosophy and has deep opinions about what young people need to find their way and choose a career or job that fits for them. I'm excited to hear her thoughts on how we might renovate the paths toward meaning and purpose for generations coming next. Sabrina, welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. Hi, Lynn. Thanks for having me. Hi. I'm so glad to have you here. I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity because I've been like stalking you on social media and sort of envying your style and your aesthetic. And I'm like, okay, when the pandemic is over, I'm coming to Toronto and making you take me shopping so that I can, you know, step up my style. So sweet, right up my alley. (laughs) Beware. It's going to happen. It is. Um, So I wanted to dive in to some of this deep stuff first, if you don't mind, but I'm fascinated by your ideas about how studying philosophy might help children to know themselves better and possibly even lead them to craft choices with intention. So I wonder if you would tell me a little bit about this perspective and what your ideas are for more carefully curating generations to come. Yeah, I love how you word that. Oh, exactly. So I really do have a passion for uh, for education and for kids getting to understand sort of how they relate to the world and what resonates with them and how they get from being uh, you know taking cooling or theory and then jumping from that to you know making a, a place for themselves in the world and I I guess that stems from my own journey where I just felt like I didn't have any sort of guidance or tutelage in linking the two and I. I found that, you know, when I went along my education path and I was quite the academic and so mm-hmm. interested in school and, and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. I really did not have um, anyone in my life that was really, uh, you know, good at sort of shepherding. What are the qualities, you know, inside of you and, mm-hmm. and then what can you use those qualities for in the real world, quote unquote, um, the paths were always just so. I felt like people were working it backward. Like, oh, I heard that being an engineer is a good job. I'm gonna mm-hmm. do what it takes to be an engineer. But there's no sort of marrying up of am I a good candidate for that job, and what does that lifestyle yield, and what does it mean to be an engineer, and is that purposeful to me? So I felt like those questions, those subtleties, which to me aren't even subtleties, are like the whole crux of life. Um, <laughs> we're sort of never, we're never asked, and never there was just never any direction in that area. And I would, I'd love to see a program, and there probably are programs. I, I'm not familiar with the education system right now, but mm-hmm. I would like to see something you know that links that a little bit better and shows kids sort of a better perspective on 
really getting a, a baseline on life, like taking philo- having philosophy be a core curriculum course um, mm-hmm. and then branching out from there and then figuring out what life's all about and what they want to do. But I, I just feel like we're always like searching for the end real quick and, and not really exploring the bigger ideas in life. No, I totally agree with that. I mean, I feel like, you know, you're right. Everybody's like, what's going to be the most lucrative career? Where am I going to get a job? You know, so choosing a profession where there's likely to be employment as opposed to saying, who am I and what gifts do I have to bring to the world? And how do I put those to use? And, you know, it's interesting. I am the mom of four teenagers. And so they're all really thinking about careers at this point because they're choosing colleges, which is a whole other conversation. But, you know, when you choose a university, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, which one's going to get me a job? Which one is going to expose me to people as opposed to just digging into learning and being curious about the world and just opening yourself up to whatever comes your way. And so like there's so many teens that I've talked to who who are like, and even younger than teens, to be honest, they're like, you know, I'm going to be a doctor. And when I say why, well, because they get paid a lot, you know, and it's like, do you want to be a doctor? You know, does it excite you to cut into someone and like do the science or is it just the money? And I just think that we have it so backwards. You're totally right. Yes. I was just listening to a comedian, Rodney, what was his name? Ronnie Chang. And he was talking about that, about um, Asian parents wanting to, um, uh, their kids to be doctors and like they have a whole list of reasons and like way at the bottom of the list is helping people like just, <laughs> you know, like, oh yeah you have to do that too yes yeah. yes yes, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh it's true I mean I have a kid who wants to be a math teacher and he knows he's not going to make a lot of money but he loves math and he loves working with young people and exciting them about math and like that's enough that feeds his soul and his energy and so he's just like that's fine that's going to be my life and I admire that I'm like thrilled that he's at that maturity level at such a young age, because, you know, when you're in touch with who you are and what you do well, it doesn't feel like work. It just feels like where you're supposed to be. Right. Exactly. And I'll tell you what, when I was, when I was growing up, I didn't realize that like I I had a skill and a passion, a, a talent until much later in my life, because I, I did always covet those people who were so convicted in what they wanted to do or be in the world. And so I was like, wow, this, wow, you're 17. You already know that you're going to be, you know, a, whatever, a doctor or a lawyer. That's, that's amazing. Like, I just want to like figure out all the possibilities and listen to all the, 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 uh, possibilities of the world and then make a decision later and later never, never came. And I was always like the voyeur of every job. And I think that kind of puts me in the camp of being an artist because, and I say that loosely, uh, but, yeah. but you know, uh, same with you know, doc- documentary filmmakers. That's why I'm so passionate about documentary films um, mm-hmm. uh, and creators. I feel like it's, you're always sort of peering into the world and different facets of the world, but you're never really committing to one, uh, you know, paradigm and saying, okay, I am this. I'm mm-hmm. you're sort of always looking at all of the possibilities. And then I realized later in life that that's, that is my job is curating, editing, um, creating perspective and context, which is all design really. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just well, funny. I want to hear more about that um, because you know, I'm, I have an appreciation of the visual and the aesthetic. I'm not necessarily an artist. I'd say I'm an artist of words, but I wouldn't say that, you know, the visuals, but I know what I like and I know, um, 
I, I have a lot of fun with color and with possibility. So I want to I want to dive in a little bit to your brand, Sunday Creative. So it's sleek, it's beautiful. Um, as I was doing my research, it seems like it's a very in person brand, like person to person connection. And you know, I read a recent blog post of yours about the great online pivot. So I wanted to ask you first how the events of this year have affected your business and how have you found new and innovative ways to bring your creative insights to your audience? And then we'll sort of get into the nuts and bolts of you know what you do and how you got there. Sure. Uh, the, the pandemic brought about a lot of online interest and I did switch to doing Zoom consultations. Mm-hmm. And it, it was very uh, fruitful. I, I was very surprised about hmm. For some reason, there was just a a, a, dim, a big demand for people wanting to renovate or decorate, and, and there was a lot of uh, local. It also coincided with my brand sort of drumming up into full swing. Mm-hmm. It really didn't. It really didn't launch until late last year, so it's been. Um, it was. It's hard to say how it changed because it was still a growing, fledgling brand, okay. but there was a lot more interest in in people wanting to delve into this sphere than um, than I anticipated. I guess just with the, um, you know, with the boredom or the mm-hmm. you know, the, the isolation, there was. Uh, there was some interest in that. So yeah, well, staring at the same four walls for a while <laughs> makes you want to change them, I think. So and yeah. I'm guilty of that. Like I, I've been saying to my husband, we need to repaint our room, we need new linens, we need new, you know, window treatments, whatever. And he's like, okay. And you know, we've been here for six years in this house and we haven't done any of that. And I feel like maybe maybe it's pandemic inspired. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a trend. Yeah. So. Well, I did notice a trend. I, I, I am noticing a trend. I feel like in the past, there was it's either you were, had the money, quote unquote, to hire a designer, which was mm-hmm. like some big, a big ordeal and a big sort of financial outlay. Um, mm-hmm. And and now I feel like they, people can do it in pieces. You can mm-hmm. hire me we get online for a couple of hours and we can discuss things and make concept boards and source items and and I can just sort of be that little Jimmy Cricket on your shoulder that's saying, yeah, let's do this. No, let's not do that. Let's find this. Let's go in this direction. I mean, it doesn't need to be this, this huge uh, financial investment is just sort of, it's like mm-hmm. having a, a friend with a really good visual, really good aesthetic. And um, I love that sort of, um, yeah, marry up to the products mm-hmm. that you need. Yeah. So tell me about Sunday Creative. Tell me how it came to be. And, you know, what were you doing that led up to that? Sure. Yeah. It's uh, so Sunday Creative is a, is a brand that is uh, comprised of many different facets. So homewares that I source in Bali, uh, vintage furniture that I source locally, some vintage furniture that I reupholster and refinish uh, mm-hmm. and sell it in a new inventive uh, sort of creations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have my own line of wallpaper. Um, I'm trying to think. What else I'm say. And then uh, home staging and design, so sort of in-person or e-services. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do have a web component, you're right. I am working more mm-hmm. in that field lately, and it's been very exciting for me. I think it's funny, like they're, they're not really the same thing, but they are. It's still design. The user experience online is still design. It's how we interact with things and mm-hmm. how it visually works and what doesn't. So um so that's been sort of, it's a creative brand and it's just me right now running mm-hmm. the business. And mm-hmm. uh, my past was, I had a, a family business with my, uh, my dad had a family business 
we had it for 42 years and wow. it closed two years ago. Um, yeah. So it's sort of, it was sad. It was, it was weird. That was really my whole life and his whole life. And mm-hmm. he did uh, inter like interior, it was a retail store and we did kitchens and bathrooms and flooring, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, high-end renovations. So okay. I've sort of been in this, in this sphere my whole life mm-hmm. uh, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't intentional. It just was after school, that's just sort of what spoke to me. And I I ran with it. My other two sisters are not, we're not in the business. And um, it was just Mm -hmm. me and my dad. And yeah, so I sort of reinvented myself in a more niche way, but in sort Mm -hmm. of a similar. um, Yeah. So where does the philosophy come into that? So you studied philosophy and you have these really big thoughts about how to sort of change people's perspectives. And then you have this really creative side that is, you know, in, in a very physical sense and, um, you know, building aesthetics. So like, how do those two go together? I know they don't. <laughs> they never told me that you can't get a job with a philosophy degree. <laughs> no, I, you know, I'm just, I was such a theoretical person. I, I just thought I was just going to go to school forever and enjoy it and what was you know whoa like work I actually had to get a job that's I didn't even it didn't even cross my mind and then I I started to realize I was always working part-time for my dad and I started to realize that this this is such an opportunity like this never mind that it was in interiors because Mm -hmm. that, that did speak to me but it wasn't it was that it was business. It was entrepreneurship. It was that it was a place that I could every day contribute, do something different, the variety, you know, so there's one hand in marketing and one hand in hiring and one hand in education and one hand in uh, showroom and visuals and products sourcing. And Mm -hmm. I, I was realizing in a subconscious way that this was really speaking to my, um, I don't know, the way I navigate life, I guess, was that need for variety and mm-hmm. autonomy. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized that this was going to fill that need and that was going to be a, a meaningful uh, career for me. So it could have been, he could have owned a, 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 a business selling watches. It, it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> it was, you know, it was the fact that it was um, entrepreneurship and, and creative entrepreneurship didn't hurt. So yeah. So you do a lot of things and I would love to know if there's like one piece of your business that you consider like a signature endeavor, you know, you mentioned the, your line of wallpaper or, you know, reupholstering furniture or, you know, upcycling furniture that you find. Um, So tell me about that. Like, what do you think would be like the thing you love to do most or the thing you're most known for? Maybe they're not even the same, but what would be your signature? Good point. I think I'm most known for the vintage furniture and Mm -hmm. I think I also love it the most, the sourcing and the uniqueness and, and the figuring out of how to place, uh, you know, vintage pieces in a contemporary uh, environment is, Mm -hmm. uh, is a skill and it's, it's a lot of fun. It's every place is different and that fills my need for variety. Where do you find these pieces? Like, are you constantly scouting for them or how do you go about that? Constantly scouting. Yeah. So sometimes it's markets. Sometimes it's the gig economy. It's peer to peer. Sometimes it's online auctions, estate sales. Hmm. Uh, Yeah. A lot of different places. Very cool. And you source housewares from Bali. So how did that come to be? How did that come to be? Yeah, so I was uh, I was uh, traveling in Bali, and I I saw you know just the 
the insane amount of uh, beauty and aesthetic and textiles that there was. And I, it was, it spoke to me and I started talking to manufacturers and talking to the local artisans and trying to figure out, you know, is this something that I could actually do and, um, and get involved with. And Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time there and that like Bali really speaks to me as a, as a country. It's just, um, it's a, a a respite for me. It's a haven and Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's somewhere that, um, I intend to spend more time probably mm-hmm. over the years and uh, I can do a lot of work from there despite yeah. the, uh, the time change. But I, I, I was working while I was there and I was finding it uh, to be, to work actually quite well. So I'm a, I'm a warm weather person. My mood is really affected by the weather uh-huh. and it's very, it's very important to me. It's part of my creative process. It's part of my happiness. So mm-hmm. um so anyways, the, the mix of, of the vibrancy of the culture and the, the talent of the artisans and the, the geography of where it is. And I just decided I'm going to start, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to start pulling product from here and designing product and uh, bringing it over to Canada. I love it. I was in Bali in 2012. I went with a client um, to do blogging and photography for her retreat. And it was phenomenal. So, you know, basically, I was like paid to write about Bali and be there, which was super (laughs) cool. And and I'll tell you, I mean, I there was so much that I loved about it. Um, and then two years later, a different client took me to India. And like Bali, I had no reservations with. And India, I was a little nervous to go, but I actually cried when I had to leave because yeah. it was also such a vibrant place. And um, I mean, it's a different culture entirely, but in India, I found um, textiles and artwork that I brought back that have, you know, sort of really enlivened my home. We were actually moving to the new home at the time. And so um, our whole living room is like this teal color because of one piece of textile that I got and framed. It's huge on one of the walls. And it was, you know, from India. And so it's every time I look at it, it's like, oh yeah, I'm connected to other parts of the world, which is a really special way to to live, to know that you're you're not in an island in time, that you're connected with people all over the place. So I think that's super cool and 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 that you get to go there. I mean, I was there once and I still remember it vividly and I'm thinking, oh, you get to go frequently. Like how awesome is that, you know? Pretty great. Like I stayed for a month, I go for a month at a time and it's, oh. it's a, you know, you just settle into that way of life for that amount of time and you feel like you're, you're part of it and you're just living there. So um, it, it is a dream and I know what you're saying about having rooms that are globally inspired and, and a connectedness and it's funny that you mentioned that your whole place is, is teal because of that print. And that's like a, a pinnacle sort of philosophy that I use in design. People are always like, where do I start? Where do I start? And I, you know, I'm like, just, it doesn't matter, but fall in love with one thing, something, whether it's the so a sofa or a wallpaper print or a, a particular color or whatever it is. And then we'll build the room around it. Mm. That sounds like sort of what you did. Yeah, I didn't realize I was doing that. So thank you for articulating it, you know? It's awesome. I love that. 
Um, very cool. And it is one of my goals for when my kids are grown that I go and live somewhere for a month at a time and just sort of write and be there and like immersed. And so, um, yeah, I know they're, they're heading out the door and I'm like, oh, I have plans. So, you know, love you. Bye. So anyway, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So you, you definitely live in pursuit of purpose and meaning, which is what this show is all about. And I know you've said that a well-lived life includes growth and newness. And so I wonder how you find that on an ongoing basis. Like, how are you constantly growing or finding new insights or directives in your work and in your life? I feel like meeting people, you know, I'm a social creature, always sort of adding new things to my life. So whether it's watching new documentaries, meeting new people in the city, I live downtown Toronto, right, right in the heart of it. Like I, I have mm-hmm. a ground level uh, unit that is, I walk right out into the middle of everything. And it's, it's, it's fantastic. Like that is exactly how I want and need to live. I, there's stimulation all the time. I was just actually ruminating on this um, mm-hmm. yesterday about how every day lately in this, this summer, just in the past four weeks, it's mm-hmm. been so exciting because every morning I've gotten up, first of all, my mood is fantastic because of the weather, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm open to receive things all the time now. It, and mm-hmm. I never know where my day is going to take me. And from selling to people, um, people coming by the space to uh, have a consult or to pick up furniture or whatnot, you never know where that's going to lead. It leads to something else. It leads to uh, meeting another person and leads to getting inspired. It could be a conversation that you have that resonates and inspires you to, to make something new or to look at your brand in another way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like, so I think newness, I get a lot. I, I have to be creating. So if I'm working on my brand, working on my website, you know, meeting new people, having new inputs, whether it be you know, new food, new, um, you know, new travel, which we can't do right now, but, um, Mm -hmm. just leaving the house that's already, I I feel like I'm being part of the world and that's really important to me. And I feel like I'm not mentally very healthy when I'm not doing that. So if I'm, if I'm inside and that's probably why I hate the winter, because if I'm Mm -hmm. inside too long, there's just no, there's no new inputs and that, I think for a creator, for a creative, mm-hmm. it, it, um, it's stunting. I mean, it's like, it's like you're not even living. I have to be, I have to be, for me, creating is, is living. So, yeah. 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 I love that. I mean, you know, it's funny. I live in Detroit, which is equally cold to Toronto and, um, and we're not too far from you guys. And, I just got to a point a few years ago where I refused to be stuck inside for months. And so while I prefer the warmer weather, you know, I've gone outside and done a hike in 18 degrees and there's snow and I just bundle up and it's like, oh my gosh, look at all the sounds, look at everything I'm seeing. And, and just because I dared to be out in it, even though obviously I don't want to be in 18 degrees, which is Fahrenheit. So that's pretty cold for you guys too. Um, But, you know, I just being out there, it just, you feel more alive. So, um, you know, I, something that you had said in the pre-interview that really struck me, um, was about your sister. You said that your sister is an inspiration for you. And you said that her life is not about money. It's about living fully and wholeheartedly. And 
you know, I've done some make meaning hours about the meaning of money and how money is energy. It needs to come and go. And so many times people equate success with money. Um, but I loved how you were looking at this. And I was wondering if you could tell me more about it. And, you know, if you feel that money sometimes hinders our ability to find that meaning. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I will start with saying you do need to have a base amount of money that yes. you secure, that you don't need to think about it, that you can now function on a higher level. Yes. So I'm not dismissing it entirely, but Yes, I do find it funny when people are in, in, you know, caught in the, in the, in the, on the carousel of of trying to make more and more and more money, and but without living, without really living, like there's, and I often wonder, like, what is the purpose of all of this money? Like, if you get the next promotion and the next piece and the next job and the next, um, you know, amount of money, but you're not doing anything with it. Like if you're not traveling and you're not, um, exposing yourself to new things and you're not, which, which can also be done cheaply. Mm -hmm. I just feel like I'm not the idea of stockpiling money either Mm -hmm. for a rainy day, which I feel like I don't really live that way because I kind of, I believe that money does come and go and and it's, it is energy. Um, and when you, when you have it, you use it. And when you don't, you get it. But the idea of stockpiling it for rainy day or for retirement, I just feel like is a a product of the old industrialized education system that has nothing to do with, I think how we live present day. And I, I just feel like I'm not sure I was talking to a friend recently that was like, well, you know, when the kids are grown, you know, in, in 10 years or so, then can do, um, you know, more traveling. And I was just like, or you can do it now. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, there, there are, there are ways to live that are not, I know everybody can't do that if you have a corporate job, but this person didn't. Right. Right. So, um, there's just, there are ways to think about life that, that include, that include spending the, the money that you might need in order to keep living creatively and keep being a participant in the world instead of just making money for money, money's sake. I mean, yeah. it, has to, it has to be a tool that is, you know, enriching, enriching your life. Yeah. I love that. I think it's a really important lesson that people need to hear. And I just think we have to touch back to it every so often because it's, you know, we have today and we've got to make the most of it. We can't always be put off for tomorrow, right? For sure. And every time I travel and it's, I mean, it's on a shoestring budget or I mean, I'm talking, we're talking about like, I'm not going to the Bali that, you know, you're seeing, uh, (laughs) you know, on on Instagram, that's, I'm going to some crazy resort with some five bedroom palatial, you know, I'm, I'm traveling like in guest houses that are budget and, but, but loving it. And that's the thing. I don't need a lot in order to, to navigate the world. And so I think that that's just, that's a mental, that's a mental framework that either you have or you don't. Right. Yeah. I love that. Well, Sabrina, I love speaking with you. And I typically finish my interviews by asking our guests if they might offer a permission slip to our listeners that would um, encourage them to go in pursuit of their meaning and purpose. And so I wonder what permission slip you might have today to offer our listeners. I would say to, yeah, just make sure you're doing the litmus, the litmus test of resonance and making sure that 
whatever, in whatever direction you're going, it's resonating with you. If you Mm -hmm. don't have a, a, an attachment or a feeling, a gut feeling where a visceral reaction, where you're loving the, the way in which your life is going, there's no amount of money. There's no end goal. There's no other person to, to please that's ever going to make up for the, for it not resonating. So I Mm -hmm. feel like that you have to do that that soul searching and, and make sure that you are finding, finding your own meaning. I love it. Well, Sabrina Colosimo, thank you so much for being my guest on the Make Meaning Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Make Meaning Podcast with Lynn Galadner. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like what you've heard here, join us over at makemeaning.org to discover how you can add more meaning to your life. And hey, if you like our conversations, please subscribe and share this episode with the meaningful people in your world. 